Hey guys, Trey here to do a little bit of housekeeping before our Monday episode. Unfortunately, we will not be able to bring you the SEC preview that you were probably expecting if you've been following along. Our co-host Garrett had a little bit of an accident this weekend where he actually broke his wrist. He's in good spirits, excited to rejoin us soon, but we did decide to shuffle the schedule around just a little bit. In the meantime, as we wait for our SEC preview on Thursday, please enjoy my interview with Alex Shear of the CSC Podcast, breaking down all things Maction. See you guys soon. One man. Goodbye. Hello, Heisman. 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another episode of the Three Technique, the college football podcast at the intersection of the X's and O's and the Jimmy's and Joe's. As we trudge on through preview season, we are joined by a very special guest this evening. We are joined by Alex Shear of the CSC podcast. And if you've been around for a while, you probably heard um, their takes on Mac. And last year, the CSC podcast covers all things Mac, all things Mid-American Conference, all things Mac. And Alex, it's great to have you on, man. Hey, no, thanks, Trey, for the opportunity to come and talk some action. Uh, appreciate you what you guys do and uh, appreciate the opportunity. Well, the pleasure's all ours, man. It's uh, really exciting to have someone with such in-depth knowledge. Guys, if you haven't checked them out, amazing coverage of a really fun conference where, uh, you know, they're more than just a Tuesday night entertainment to fill us through Saturday, right? We are uh, we love us some action on the show, and it's great to have such an awesome uh awesome voice to cover that conference and Alex before we get too deep into this preview just tell us a little bit about yourself how did this podcast come to be um why are you guys so passionate about uh the Mac in general yeah so um so long long story short I'll condense it as quick as I can uh my co-host AJ and I we met through his wife actually um his wife and I worked at a summer camp for years together um, she worked with some of the athletics. I worked with some of the music. Um, and we just, you know, just became friends like you do with, uh, with other counselors over a six, seven, seven week long summer period dealing with, uh, nine to 14 year olds. And, uh, you know, so we became friends and she was dating AJ at the time. Um, introduced me to AJ. We, he and I hit it off really quickly because I went to Toledo. He went to ball state. So we're, we are both Mac guys through and through, um, Back in the fall of 2019, I approached him and I said, hey, man, I think there's an opportunity to do a podcast here, um, you know, which I, I, I jokingly say, you know, you get to your late 20s, um, you, you do one of two things. You get really, really into history or you really, really like want to start a podcast. And well, I'm, I'm both. So, um, also. <laughs> right, exactly. So, uh, we started the podcast. It started out as like a, a comprehensive college football podcast, uh, covering all the conferences and trying to cover all the divisions. Actually, we even talked, uh, some division two, II, division three, narrowed our scope down once COVID hit to the big 10 and the Mac narrowed the scope down even further. Once we were getting some more traction with Mac guests, things like that. 
And uh, yeah, ever since COVID, really, we've been really pretty strictly Mac focused. And from there, it's just taken off. It's been it's been a really, really incredible journey, a really, really fun ride because I, you know, I, you know, as a musician, um, AJ was in sports radio for a hot minute um, calling high school football. So it was it was very much a kind of a 180 for for me, at least, and for him as well to kind of introduce ourselves into a new medium. And now we have a, a website, we go to games, we have, you know, photo albums, we're at media day now. It's so it's, it's pretty unreal just kind of how it's grown and, you know, in our own little world, how it's kind of exploded and it, and it's really fun because, you know, we get opportunities to, you know, talk with guys like you, of course, and uh, to participate in, in conference calls to participate in, you know, what's your take on this? What's uh, what do you think is going to happen with this? And I, I, I love that I've become, I don't want to say media bros, but I feel like I've become part of, to some degree, that that fraternity. When I see media guys, I know it, you know, media events or, you know, the MAC championship, whatever. And it's cool to kind of, kind of look at that and say, wow, we've built this friendship because of this conference. You know, I, I love Toledo. Of course, I always have. But, I, but I'm going to recognize when, when other teams in the conference do great things. AJ, same thing with Ball State. Um, his his favorite team outside of Ball State is Northern Illinois, and they're big rivals. So it's uh, it's really funny to kind of see where our loyalties kind of lie, depending on who we've talked to, our interactions with different schools. But uh, but you'd be hard pressed to get us to tell you we don't like any school because that's just simply not the case. And I love that that's your your brand is built on being true fans of this conference and true fans of the schools that are in it. I love that. I love what you guys bring uh, to that. It's a really awesome combination of professionalism, and just true fandom. And that makes covering the Mac uh, and training you guys as the source uh, just that much more easy. So as we look into, you know, the 2023 preview season, mm-hmm. Give our listeners just kind of an overview state of the Mac. If you want to start on the field or off the field, whichever way you want to take that, what is the state of the Mid-American Conference as we enter uh, this new football season? So I think that there's a lot of uh, momentum that the Mac is trying to build off of from last season. Uh, four and two, the uh, ESPN Bowl uh, Challenge Cup champions uh, with the best winning percentage, that, you know, four and two in bowl games. And really, uh, really, I think, seven yards shy of five and one six yards Mm. shy of five and one the miami versus uib bahamas bowl game Uh, miami just came up a little bit short um and really i think you know and and you know obviously a couple of those bowl games one play away you know we're looking at two and four you know but i think there's an opportunity where the mac legitimately could have gone six and oh bowling green loss starting quarterback matt mcdonald in the first half of the quick lane bowl up in detroit only lost that game 24-19. So, I mean, there, there, there was a world in which I think the Mac could have gone 6-0. and You know, big win in the Arizona Bowl, the Barstool Bowl. Um, I think that was a big one for the Mid-American Conference, for Ohio specifically, um, who I, has, has not done well in Mac championships. They've shown up. They've been there. Um, they haven't won a title since the 60s. So, you know, for them to go out and get a statement win under Coach Tim Albin, in his second year, you know, I think that was huge. So I think overall the Mac is on, on the up. Um, the, for the long time, I think the Mac was kind of viewed as the premier group of five or mid-major conference, especially through the early two thousands, uh, the late nineties. 
Um, and you just look at some of those games that, you know, the Mac is, you know, pulled upsets. Um, we've been posting our daily Maction moments. And, you know, we recall a lot of those early 2000s wins. You know, we just posted one today, Akron over Syracuse in the Carrier Dome. And it wasn't close. It was 42 to 28. And that was 2007. Um, so you, or 2008, forgive me. And so you look at just what the Mac has done and just different things that they've done over the years. I think that we saw like decline in terms of quality of play as, as, as division one has kind of shifted and media deals have done different things. But I think that we're starting to see the Mac on the up and up. I I'm not concerned about the direction the Mac is heading as long as it continues to pilot itself in that direction. And so you, you kind of teased something before we started recording, you're fresh off of media days. And of course the biggest stories around Mm -hmm. college football are, you know, centering around conference realignment for better or worse. Sure. How is the Mac approaching that? How is the Mac uh, looking at conference realignment? Are they open to expanding? Are they happy where they're at? What, what does that look like inside the conference offices? So without getting too in depth, because, you know, I was only given so much information when talking to the commissioner. Um, but it's, it seems like there's something that if there's a path available and it's the right fit, the conference is open to it. You know, a couple years ago, uh, two years ago, I believe, um, Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee were were kind of put out there as potential MAC expansion candidates. Um, and from a couple different sides, it seemed like it was a pretty done deal. Ultimately, that fell through, and they they did not join the Mid American Conference. But I would not be surprised to see with this current Pac-12 expansion adding Colorado, uh, a huge move out of nowhere. It seemed like. Um, it looks like the PAC 12 is going to, going to die. Um, and it looks like now, I mean, we're, I, I expect that we're going to see Oregon probably join the big 10. Uh, I think I saw something today about Florida state is looking at, um, getting out of the ACC. So they're probably going to join the SEC or the big 10, you know, so I wouldn't be surprised to see us really narrow it down to three super conferences, the big 12, the big 10 and the SEC, but I also wouldn't be surprised to see the Mac pick up some of those, you know, quote unquote scraps. You know, you look at, you know, and I'm going to get crucified by your followers for this. So I, I, I expect this. If you're I going towards to... the uh, meme that you guys posted the other day, I love it. I'm here <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I was sitting there last night and I was like, uh, how great would that be? Right. To add Washington state and uh, <laughs> Oregon state to the mid-American or and Cal to the mid-American conference. No, I would love to see Louisville join the Mac. They are right there. They are, you know, their closest geographical rival would be uh, Miami, Ohio. It's about a two hour drive. Um, You've got possibly another two and a half hour drive in an opposite direction. You've got the Bobcats of Ohio. So, I mean, I think geographically they would fit academically. They're a little bit above the profile. um, And, and I recognize that Um, football wise. I mean, they've fallen, they've fallen hard. They fell on hard times after the whole Big East thing and, you know, just with the Big East implosion. I mean, you see UConn, they're no longer considered an automatic qualifier. Basketball, sure. But yeah. you, you look at what they've done in football. I mean, they're considered, they've been relegated in a sense to G5 um, back when they were part of an AQ conference. Same thing with Cincinnati when the AAC first kind of popped up. Cincinnati was an automatic qualifying program when they were with the Big East. 
Then they got relegated to G5. So, I've, you know, they, everybody talks about how great it is for that program. And, yes, I agree. Cincinnati making that move to the big, big 12, stability, great move. I haven't considered them a G5 in decades because because they weren't. Agreed. You know, it, you know, in my mind, you know, yes, the Big East is what the AAC is now. But it's it's to me it was it was a kind of a middling power five G five you know really that I think they did the whole power six thing, and, and I think that that was accurate. I think that that was a very accurate statement. UCF, another great program, who who also has come through the Mid American Conference, both Cincinnati and UCF former MAC members. They you know they've done great things and they're they're on the up and up, and I'm happy for those programs to get their opportunity in the Big Twelve. But but I think adding like a Louisville or even a UConn, which again I know neither one will happen, would be huge. If if the Mac got UMass back, that'd be great for basketball, not so much for football. I, I recognize that that'd be huge for basketball. Potentially turns us into a two bid league, and I think that's where I was really excited about Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky. They both bring a great brand of football. You know that they've got their great rivalry down there. But I was really excited for their basketball profiles. Mm. that's where I was really, really pumped because I think with the addition of Western Kentucky and middle Tennessee, mid American conference becomes a two bid league. We've been a one bid league for years in basketball and, you know, most postseason sports, even after Kent state went to the elite eight, even after the Ohio Bobcats have upset Virginia, even after the Ohio Bobcats made their sweet 16 run, like this is all stuff that's happened in the last 20 years. And the Mac continues to be relegated as a uh, as a one bid league, uh, relying on the conference champion, and I and that's a whole other thing. We'll uh, we'll spend hours talking about that. I have many thoughts <laughs> on that. Um, but I think right now, looking at expansion, that there's an opportunity for the Mid American Conference. Once these other pieces start to fall, you know, I think that the Mac has to be a player this time around. They last time it was okay that they weren't. The, the thing that's attractive about the Mac stability. Everybody loves that. You know, it's like, we know Toledo is going to be Mac school. We know Northern Illinois is going to be Mac school, you know, whether or not you enjoy playing them or not, that's one, one thing or another, but you know, there's stability there. I don't think round two, the Mac can go without being a player. It's going to be fascinating to watch the ripple effects because we know that this doesn't just affect the top conferences, right? A little closer to our HQ here in the Lone Star state, if you would have told me five or six years ago that Sam Houston would be playing FBS football yeah. in 2023, I would have looked at you like you're crazy. It's a stadium it's that I, it's a stadium that my 4A high school often filled up with uh, for high school playoff games. So it's you know it, it's you never say never with these things, right? Even even right. in the dreaming big, and if you're the Mac, why not dream big, right? Why not look out for more than just football? Basketball is absolutely um, a big part of these discussions for these conferences as well. I think you're right to bring that up. The big 12 has openly said, we're trying to build the best basketball conference in the nation with our additions. And so I look for them to be very aggressive on that front too. So yeah, exciting times. I think for the Mac, I think you hit the nail on the head with the stability aspect. They're also one of the few truly regional conferences that Mm -hmm. is left in college football and college sports. And that is, you know, for people that are nostalgic for that, that's awesome. And the regional rivalries still mean something. Regional rivalries are such a big thing. Um, I mean, you look at 
three of the of the big rivalry games in the Mid American Conference. Battle for the Wagon Wheel, Akron Kent State. They're separated by twelve miles. Mm. Toledo Bowling Green Battle by seventy five. It's a twenty five mile separation between the schools. Um, Ohio and Miami Battle of the Bricks. A little bit longer of a trip. Still a bus trip. Still you know hour and a half bus trip. Two hours maybe. Um, then you've got Western Michigan, Central Michigan, the Victory Cannon. That's another great rivalry. That's again a night trip. You know, it's easy to do. Um, you got Ball State versus Northern Illinois, the the Bronze Stock. That's a huge rivalry. Um, again, the you're talking about the geographical locations. The these schools are all within. You know, I can drive. It's a long drive, but I can drive Northern Illinois to Buffalo in less than twelve hours. Like. You know, it's not, you know, and people are like 12 hours. That's a lot, you know, well, I'm Cal- crossing four states there. That's the, yeah, that's nothing. I, I can't do that for the team that I follow. And, you know, for, think about the students too. That's awesome that they can pack up with their friends if they wanted to on a Friday night after they get off of class and drive up to that road game and experience yeah. that other stadium's environment. That's awesome. And I think mm-hmm. that's what we're missing more and more as we move forward um, in college football and, the Mac gets us, you know, a reminder of that back at the roots. So, well, and I think you look at like the big 10 too, right? You know, the big 10, uh, what they've done is smart, right? You get a huge Los Angeles and California market grabbing both UCLA and USC. You, you took control of the market when you grabbed one, but then you grabbed both. And now you've got a stranglehold on that Southern California market. So I think that's smart, but I, I laugh a lot thinking, okay, I think the big 10 at media day approved or at media days this week approved, night games in November. I laugh at the idea of UCLA going to the big house mid November for a night game. Yeah. And it's 20 you know. degrees and exactly. a, a random exactly. snowstorm comes in. I would, I, you know, the sicko in me really wants to see that. Um, <laughs> the but, sicko in all of us wants to see that. Let's just you know call it what it is. I mean, you, you saw the pictures of Penn state, Michigan state last year that, yeah. you know, that snow out. It's 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 the same. I mean, even two years ago, Michigan Ohio State had had their big snow out up in up in Ann Arbor, it's, and there was a Mac game too. Either last year or the year before, Central Michigan Western Michigan last year. Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah the yeah. the Victory Cannon. Yep, and and yeah, there's there's memes all over all over the internet where somebody built a snowman in the stands of that game. <laughs> so it's like those those are unique atmospheres and unique environments, and I I love that UCLA and USC are in the Big Ten, but you know, you talk about them making the the trip to Maryland, to you know College Park, Maryland, all the way from Southern California. Well, I'll, I'll let you know a little secret. I dated a girl in Maryland when I lived in California. That was a long flight. <laughs> now, now you have to do that a couple times a year. That's that's a long flight. Yeah, not to mention all the the secondary sports, right? The the yeah. weeknight trips across the country. That's gonna. Well, be you talk about bat. Yeah, you talk about basketball. You know, you talk about and, and the other non revenue sports. You know, such as you know soccer or lacrosse, baseball. They're both huge baseball schools. You well. now you now have to your scheduling now has to make it cheaper on you. So it's like, hey, we're gonna go ahead and fly baseball and softball out to to Ohio. And then from all, you know, baseball, you're playing Michigan. Um, so you're going to take the bus up from Columbus or drive the bus over to Ann Arbor from Detroit. Um, softball, you're going to drive down to Columbus. You now have to schedule those games aside alongside each other. Basketball, same thing. You're going to have to schedule men's women games, road games collectively, especially coming from the West Coast. 
well, shout out to the Mac for preserving the student athlete experience and, you know, Doing keeping something. that regional focus. But Alex, as we shift to on the field, on the football field in 2023, you're fresh off of media days. You got to hear all of these coaches, all these players, you know, make their case for 2023. Let's start at the very top. Last year, of course, your Toledo Rockets kind of upset Ohio. You mentioned just the um, pain and suffering that Ohio has uh, experienced in the MAC championship game, but a 17 to seven final for Toledo to knock off uh, Ohio last year in the MAC championship game. Let's start at the top. I, I think most outsiders have pegged Toledo and Ohio as kind of the co favorites going into this year in their respective divisions once again. Do you agree with that? And if so, what makes Ohio and Toledo stand out amongst the rest? So this week we posted our our picks, our preseason picks. Um, AJ picked Toledo and Ohio to face off again in the MAC championship. I went a little bit different direction. He picked Toledo to repeat as champions as well. Um, I and I went a little bit different direction. I think Toledo wins the West again. Um, the West is going to be very competitive this year. You've got a healthy Northern Illinois. You've got a healthy Central Michigan. Um, you got question marks around ball state, you know, bringing in a new quarterback. Um, Lane Hatcher is looking to be the prohibitive starter at this point. Um, I, I think Western Michigan, they're going to go through some growing pains under, under the first year coach Lance Taylor. So I, I really think you're looking at probably, Oh, and then Eastern Michigan, of course, Chris Creighton's done an amazing job up in Ypsilanti. And, and I really, and I really love what, what he's done in terms of re turning that program around a program that frankly, arguably the most unattractive job in America. Um, I'm a little biased. I wrote their preview article for our preview magazine this year, and I kind of fell in love with, with the Eagles this year. I'm I'm excited. I got to tell you, man, you know, he's, he's done such a terrific job. So, you know, and I, and I love Chris Creighton. We had him on the show last year, um, at media day and, just just an unbelievably good guy he knows what he's doing he knows what he's trying to build and it's it's incredible to see and it's fun to watch and kind of be a part of even as media as fans whatever you whatever you may say he he's doing a great job so i i really think it's going to be toledo eastern michigan northern illinois vying for that top spot and it's gonna and it's gonna come down to one or two plays um in the west but i but we Just do like both, i did last year eastern michigan yeah. and uh toledo i believe that game was nuts 28 21 um toledo scored the late touchdown i i remember stupid random scores like this so don't uh, <laughs> don't feel bad when i'm like how do you remember that um the uh yeah toledo scored on a late touchdown and yeah i mean the year before eastern michigan came into toledo and won something like i want to say it was like 52 to 49 52 mm. to 48 um, in a, in a high scoring midweek game. So it's, there, there's been a little bit of a rivalry that's built up between Eastern and Toledo. And, and that's good. Like it's good for the Mac when Eastern Michigan is good because they have historically not been good. Right. So if Eastern Michigan's good, that's great for the Mac, um, to finally get another program who can go out and get quality wins. Last year, they went out to Arizona state and they won that game. You know, so that Eastern Michigan is very much on the up and up. I like their chances in the Mac, but I think that they're going to lose games. They have no business losing. They shouldn't have lost to Buffalo last year, especially in the fashion they did. They lost 50 to 31, had no business losing that game in that fashion. Um, that being said, Eastern Michigan is one of the contenders in the West flipping over to the East. 
I think you've got two teams. I, I really do. And no disrespect to any other team in the East. I think the East is just as competitive, but I think it's going to be Miami or Ohio. AJ picked Ohio. I picked Miami. I also picked Miami to win the MAC this year. Um, nice. And not because of anything else except that I believe that a healthy Brett Gabbert probably wins the MAC last year. They've got a great defense coming back this year. This is a team who is going to be on fire. You know, granted, Ohio's got Curtis Rourke coming back. You know, I'm not going to take that away. But, you know, talking to Coach Chuck Martin at Media Day, uh, we dropped that episode earlier this week, and he talked about, you know, we limped to six wins, but Avion Smith did an excellent job helping that team along to get to get to six wins to get to a bowl game. And as a guy who was untested, you know, and had a lot of pressure to step into a a role of a really, really high quality veteran, a veteran who won the MAC championship his freshman year, you know. So now, now you've got a second quarterback who gives you other options because now you can open up the playbook a little bit more. And that's going to be the tale of of the MAC East this year. Uh, C.J. Harris did a nice job filling in for Curtis Rourke at Ohio you're going to get a couple teams over in the East who can really open up the playbook, do a double, a couple double QB on the field kind of situations. It's going to be a lot of fun, but I really think Miami probably has the best defense in the Mac this year. And I think that we're going to see them win a Mac championship. That, that would be huge. That would be huge yeah. for that Red Hawks program taking, I guess, uh, not maybe a step down, but just in that next tier, the uh, next tier down below the true championship contenders, maybe some teams that are plucky. Maybe they catch a championship contender on a Tuesday night at home and they, the crowd's going to be fired up. Talk me through that next tier of teams. Who's exciting you? Um, maybe that's maybe a step away or a year away from truly contending for a championship. So I got in trouble last year for my takes on Bowling Green. Um, one, uh, as a Toledo fan, it's hard to hide that bias. I, you know, I have a <laughs> great respect for Scott Leffler and what he's been able to do. Um, the, the regime before him was awful. Um, you know, the, and and I don't like to talk bad about coaches. It just, it was not a good fit for the coach. It was not a good fit for the school. Scott Leffler literally came in and started turning around the equivalent of maybe a division two program. Mm. Um, it just, the program was running to the ground. Toledo was winning that rivalry game, scoring 60 points. Like it just, it, it wasn't fun for the fans. It, I mean, as Toledo fans, you, you know, you love it. You want to, you want to beat your rivals by a hundred, but it just, it was very clear that like it was the players weren't having a good time. The, the fans weren't having a good time. It wasn't what they signed up to be there for. So, you know, first off, Scott Leffler, this is year four for him now. And he's been doing a lot of the things the right way in terms of turning around this program, rebuilding this program. Though, Sorry, this is year five for him. And, you know, the COVID year, whatever. I think, you know, a lot of people discount that one way or another. Um, so I, I really think Bowling Green is is right there in the East. Um, that being said, I also think Akron is too. And I have very, very high on Akron. Um, you've got guys like DJ Irons, Alex Adams coming back. This is this is a team who really they they lost five games by a score last year. Mm. You know they went two and ten last year. They lost five games by a score. I think that 
while they don't pick up all five of those this year, I wouldn't be surprised to see them pick up three of them. I think Kent State is going to be really bad this year. I think that they flip the script on Penn State at, or on Kent State and, and win that game, get that wagon wheel back. Um, I do also think that Buffalo is right there as well. So I know, I know I've listed five of the six in the MAC East, but I think the MAC East is a very deep division. You know, flipping over to the West, I mean, it's the same thing. The West, I, you know, I listed off four teams right off the top. Ball State, I think, is probably the one that I would say is could very easily catch a contender and uh, derail them a little bit. They've done that to Toledo multiple times a few years ago. They did that to Toledo. Toledo was ranked number uh, 22 in the country. Ball State shut them down and and, and whipped them. Um, knocked them out of the BCS race, knocked them out of you know the top 25, whatever it is. Knocked them out. I think they knocked them out of MAC championship contention um, as well. So it's Ball State has a history of just playing up to their opponent in in conference, even on down years. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Ball State catch a uh, catch a contender or two napping. And that that middle tier every year just seems so unpredictable. I really feel for you guys that really go out on a limb and try to predict that. Because Let's try all one through 12 are unpredictable. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe the most unpredictable, maybe the most parody of any conference in the FBS year in and year out. Right. It's, it's these teams that again, they all share a similar recruiting footprint as well. Mm-hmm. And any given Saturday, any given Tuesday, Wednesday, you name it. Um, it really does feel like you can truly throw the records out most weeks. Um, well, and I'll give you a little bit of history lesson on this. Um, since 2000, the 2011 season and the 2012 season, the Mac has not had a team win back-to-back conference titles. Wow. That was the last time a team did it, and that was Northern Illinois. Um, under two different quarterbacks, um, Chandler Harnish and the Heisman finalist, Jordan Lynch. Jordan Lynch, that Jordan Lynch year was amazing. That amazing Jordan Lynch era was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that just case in point, right? That That's just the same point, right? It is a, a hugely, uh, a conference full of parody. It's a really fun league to watch from top to bottom. Anybody can get anybody on any given week. And that's what makes it so fun. Alex, I think the teams that we have left that you haven't mentioned yet, I, I've got Kent State, I've got Western Michigan, uh, Central Michigan. Mm-hmm. Maybe, Central maybe Michigan, I kind of got them as a contender-ish. Okay. They're kind of border okay. for me. Um, I think they're, they're a couple pieces away yet. But guy, quarterback Emmanuel Burt, or Burt Emanuel is going to be excellent for them. I mean, we saw flashes of brilliance from him last year. Um, this is a kid to watch out for. Okay. And, and elsewhere in the conference, you know, the, the Kent States, the, um, uh, may, the maybe a next Michigan. year thing. <laughs> yeah. Kent, Kent, so Kent State, I think they got, they got a really, really tough deal with, with um, Coach Sean Lewis taking the, the gig out at Colorado, which mm. Coach Prime calls you and says, hey, come coach for me. It's really hard to say no. I'm going to be honest, you know, a so really I get what. Underrated. Yeah. coaching mind i think nationally i don't i don't think a lot of people realize just the really great um mm-hmm. units that he put on the field yeah i mean you look at what he did um you down south and in uh in the hcbus um 
or HBCUs. I always mix up my letters there. But you look at what he did, and he just – this is a guy who understands college football and understands what it means to be a competitor, to be a player. And so, you know, hats off to him. I get Sean Lewis leaving. I, I don't think I was a fan of it. I think Sean Lewis needed another year or two to kind of really develop at Kent State. But I get it. You know, I think I think you got to you got to say yes when the opportunity comes knocking. Um, Kenny Burns is going to do a great job at Kent State, but he's coming into a situation where a lot of guys transfer out. Marquez Cooper, they're starting running back left. They are one of six teams in the country that has to replace their starting quarterback, their their lead running back and their top wide receiver. I want to say one of two or three that replaces. Wow all 11 starters on the offensive side. Wow. Yeah, that, yeah. that's an uphill battle. I know Cephas, right, is is a Penn State Nittany Lion now. Mm-hmm. Um, he was kind of the big big weapon on that side of the ball last year. And it, that's that's just life, unfortunately, for some of these programs in the modern era. Just uh, I, I feel like the Mac has been hit harder than most by the transfer portal in this new the, era. The Mac has been hit a lot. But I, but I think the you know as much as it, it sucks to see some of those guys go, I think it's also a testament to what the Mid American Conference does too. And and I want to and I want to kind of defend that a little bit because yeah, you see a lot of those guys that they don't transfer to, you know, some of the other G five programs. Some of them do. You know, I know Toledo lost a wide receiver a couple years ago over to East Carolina. Um, so a couple of those guys transfer to fellow G fives, but a lot of them transfer up two power fives you look at Carson Steele the Ball State running back he's now at UCLA um the uh John Paddock the starting quarterback for Ball State last year he's now at Illinois um there was talk about Daquan Finn transferring to you know a power five school and you know Toledo was able to retain him Quinion Mitchell the the safety corner for Toledo he was an All-American last year he's still at Toledo so I think it's I, I think there's a testament to, to what the Mac does to develop guys. Um, it sucks that we see them leave. Um, but, the, but there is, a, there is, a, there is um, a testament to what the development is and, you know, just what you get from coming to a Mac school, even if it's temporary, I think there's, there's always opportunities here to become a better athlete. So I think that that's a really critical part of that as well. People say, Oh, the Mac gets poached all the time. You know, Mac's never any good. Well, the Mac's not any good because we develop them and then you guys come and take them, you know, it's uh, a, it's almost become a feeder system, which I don't like about the transfer portal. And I'm glad that they're, they're throwing some restrictions on it, but I I think it's a very real thing that, that, that I've seen become an issue with the transfer portal. Yeah, absolutely. They coaches in the Mac, I feel for them because they're doing the hard work to really find these guys. They're a lot of times not, nationally recruited maybe not even on the national databases radars and they're doing the hard work to find these guys develop them and then you know they get them for one or two years and they're off to the off to the big schools i really feel for those coaches and i think it's something i'm with you on that i really would like to see something done to address that issue for you know smaller school coaches mac coaches other g5 and fcs as well Mm -hmm. alex as we kind of transition here I want to put you on the spot for a couple of just bold predictions from the back. We've had a lot of our guests make uh, some bold predictions and we're going to hold you to that as well. There's a, always a lot of fun opportunities for the Mac to knock off some of the big boys mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year. They always get the opportunity. You know, you mentioned uh, 
Eastern Michigan going into Arizona State last year. Um, I believe uh, was it Miami knocked off Northwestern, knocked off a Big Ten Northwestern last year. Maybe not an upset. I think Miami on paper is probably a better program right now than Northwestern. But um, from a perception standpoint, nationally, maybe an upset. Do you have a read on one of those this year? I know we've got um, Ohio going to Illinois week one, I believe. We've got the Toledo goes to Illinois week one. Toledo, excuse me. Yes, thank you. Um, Battle of the Miamis, battle for Miami supremacy uh, week one as well. Do you have a read on uh, maybe a possible big upset early in the year? Yeah, so I've I've got the schedule right here in front of me. I'm looking at, you know, some of these Power 5, G5 matchups. You know, Kent State, they're at UCF, UCF's first game as a Power 5. Kent State's coming off of a really tough offseason rebuild. I don't see that going in favor of the Flashes. Although I will say, Kent State shocked a lot of people last year. They took Georgia to the wire. They did. You know, yes, they, they, did. Uh, they gave Georgia a better game than TCU did in the national championship. <laughs> I just uh, I want to point that out to our yes, Big 12 did. brethren Absolutely. out there. Um, Battle of the Miamis. This one's a tough one. Uh, I, t- I talked to Chuck Martin about this one. He's excited about this game. And this is a good opportunity. You know, Miami versus Miami. I, I think Miami wins that one. Um, the uh, <laughs> Uh, no, that, that, that one's going to be a good game. The the one that I'm very intrigued by, so I've got two on opening weekend that I'm very intrigued by. Central Michigan at Michigan State this is a Friday night game um, up in East Lansing. I don't know what to make of Michigan State because it just feels like they've just been declining. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily anything on Mel Tucker. I don't think that's – but I, I feel like we've seen nothing but a decline. Um defensively Michigan state is a very sound program offensively they're they don't have an identity um central michigan i could see this one being close central michigan's pulled off several wins against um michigan state before the most recent came in the last 20 years prior to that they did it back to back in the 90s like central michigan has a history of doing this i don't know that it happens this year but I wouldn't be shocked to see it happen because Central Michigan's got that history. Toledo at Illinois is the one. And again, I, I know a little bit of the Toledo bias might be showing here. That's okay. Let it ride. That, that... When healthy, Toledo has, I think, the best offense in the MAC. Um, it's not as dynamic as I think it could be. And that's not necessarily the fault of play callers. That's, you know, that's, that's just the composition of what the offense is. Daquan Finn is one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the country. But because he lives in the mid-American conference, people don't look at him. Illinois has an excellent defensive line. I think they returned two starters on the defensive line. And then they've got a bunch of guys who have playing experience also returning. They did lose a couple safeties and uh, corners to the NFL draft and whatever. So that's one to keep an eye on. Um, Week two, I think, is our second best opportunity. Eastern Michigan at Minnesota. Mm. Eastern Michigan is doing all the right stuff to become a good program. Minnesota just lost to Bowling Green a couple years ago. Um, A Bowling Green team they had no business losing to. Um, I really, really like this Eastern Michigan game. And then week three, you know, I, you know, it's, we've got three big opportunities Miami, Ohio versus Cincinnati. That's a rivalry game. Miami lost that game last year, 38 to 13. Didn't have Brett Gabbert. 
you know, mm. this is a this is a Miami team that with Brett Gabbert is a much better team. And everybody knows that. The other one on this on this week, I really, really like Ohio versus Iowa State. I really right. it's, it's at Ohio. Peden Stadium is going to be insane. I really, really like this matchup for the Bobcats. I love when power five teams travel to G five teams because weird things just always happen. Right. I mm-hmm. think about the North Carolina Appalachian state game last year. Yep. Um, I think Virginia techs run into a couple unexpected buzz saws on the yep. East coast. And, you know, I think Pitt uh, made it to Western Michigan last year and that was a, a closer game or. Yeah. It was a much closer game than it should have been. Um, yeah. And after Western Michigan knocked them off at Heinz field the year before. Yes. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, tons of opportunities. I, I've got the Miami battle circled for sure. Um, I think that one. Miami's vulnerable week one. Just what would that say about the program down south? And, you know, like you guys joked on Twitter a couple of days ago, I think they should get to keep the U if they win that game. Yeah. Um, Alex, we'll get you out of here on this one. You've made your championship prediction. Miami, Ohio, your counterpart, AJ, is going with a Toledo repeat. So I'll ask a different question to close us out. I'm giving you one ticket to a non-conference game and one ticket to a conference game in the MAC this year. Those okay. are the only two games you get to go to. Which games are you picking? <laughs> so uh, I don't know if you saw our road trip, um, our road trip um, schedule that I put out, but uh, a couple of these games I've actually already have on that on that uh, schedule to to attend um mm, this is a tough one um do i get premium seating let me ask that oh, yeah all access we'll give you okay. field passes you know you can go you can find yourself in the locker room if you want okay to. <laughs> well then it, if, if that's if that's the case then the out of conference one i think i'm probably picking oh that's a tough one i would love to be in the locker room for the Eastern Michigan Minnesota game. All right. Um that so that'll be my non-conference game. Um for my conference game and I'm going to be there just, you know, in general, but for the conference game, I think I got to go Bowling Green at Toledo. I think it's the best rivalry in the MAC. Interchangeable with the Victory Cannon, uh Central Michigan Western Michigan, but those are the two best rivalries in the Mid-American Conference. It's at Bowling Green this year. I think that'll be a great game. So I think probably Bowling Green versus Toledo. Awesome. I, I love it. Alex, before we get you out of here, just real quick, let the people know where they can find you guys, where they can find uh, your shows, um, all that good stuff. Yeah, no. Uh, first off, thank you guys for, uh, for having me on. I appreciate it. I love what you guys do and uh, continue to do for college sports. It's it's exciting to kind of be a part of and uh, – the X's and O's, um, I you know you guys do a great job, so I really really appreciate it. But no, anybody who wants to follow along with us, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, we are the CSC Podcast, or our Twitter handle is actually col- at College Sport Pod. Um, the CSC Pod and the CSC Podcast Twitter handles are owned by accounts who haven't tweeted in seven years, so I need Elon to get on that. Um, <laughs> the uh, you can find our website. We have a website up as well. Uh, www.thecscpodcast.com. We're on Instagram as well at the CSC podcast. So we're just trying to put content all over 
You can find the show on Spotify, um, Anchor, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, wherever wherever podcasts are. I think I've actually got a whole list on our website. And I'll be dropping a mobile app here soon um, for the Mid-American Conference. Um, August 26th is when I'm planning on releasing that. Initially, initially for iPhone, uh, still tweaking, still adding things, changing features, getting it set perfectly. Um, so I'm really excited for that. That's going to be a really cool thing. And it's going to be, I'm jokingly calling it ESPN for the Mid-American Conference, but the, the title is probably going to end up being Mobile Action. I love it. I love it. Alex, thank you so much again for your time. Thanks for all that you do to bring awareness to one of the most fun conferences in the country. And guys, we will see you next time.